Ladies and gents, welcome back to another Engineers podcast. Today I'm joined by Jao Alves, who is a senior EM at a company called Adavinta. We're going to go into Adavinta in the next couple of moments. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that we've seen once or twice before, but I think Adavinta are really doing it quite well as well. Accelerating large engineering organizations with internal platforms. And purpose of today is really to break that down and understanding what they're doing differently. They've got quite a cool concept, platform as a product. And we're going to go into some of the learnings of that and the economies of scale of that. So stay tuned over the next, what might be 30, 45 minutes, and we're going to delve into some of these details. Thanks for joining us. Jao. How are we? Hello, Elliot. Uh, thank you for inviting me to, for, to your podcast. Uh, and I'm super good. Excited to talk about this journey and all the learnings we, we had at Evinto with this internal developer platform. Love it. That's what we're all about. You know, we were talking offline just there, and this is the key focus for the podcast. It's all about learnings. What are companies doing? What can we share with the community? So, I can't wait to dive into some of those. We usually start with the guest, their background. So tell the audience a little bit about Zhao and then break into who are Adavinta. Okay. So um, I started as a software engineer more than 10 years ago. And before I, I mostly focused on product development, making sure I ship features with focus on APIs and distributed systems. But then I saw a pattern again and again in different teams and companies. And yeah. people were great at producing software, but most struggled with the whole life cycle, right? So how do we put software in production? Usually with some obscure process done by a sysadmin. Yeah. <laughs> back then, I didn't know about the DevOps culture. I didn't know this word. I think it yeah. was incipient back then. And, but it was weird for me as a software engineer. I was newbie, right? So why don't we automate things, right? So yeah. I, I learned. In, in my in university, I learned, I learned in my project that we should automate everything, right? And that's how I spent some time in core teams whose job was to automate this and make the developers' lives uh, easier. And then I had an opportunity to change my career uh, uh, path to management. I joined uh, a scale-up, my taxi slash free now, uh, ride-hailing company. Um, and then I came to Adevinta three years ago as the manager of the runtime team. We offer Kubernetes clusters, multi-tenant, multi-region as a service for a whole company. Um, wow. It was quite a ride. Uh, when I joined, the team was serving 1.5, 1.7 billion requests per day. We are now serving more than 4 billion requests per day, and we expect wow. to double that uh, next year. And, and Adevinta, many, many people, they don't know uh, when we talk about Adevinta, what is this company? But we are a leading online classifieds group and a champion of sustainable commerce in Europe. Um, we have more than 25 marketplaces in our portfolio, spanning from consumer goods, real estate, uh, job boards, and so on. And every month, Adevinta enables more than 120 million people uh, and more than 1 million businesses across Europe uh, to connect and trade, right? And maybe some people, they are more familiar with brands like Le Bon Coin in France or yeah. Mobilia.de in, in, in Germany or Klein & Zagen 
Porto Casa and InfoJob in Spain, Subito in Italy, or Mark Platt in the Netherlands. Yeah. Right? So these are the brands that usually people, they know and they love, and they don't associate with the, with the parent group, which is Adevinta. But yeah. as you can see, we are quite big in Europe and we have millions of users we, we, we serve. Yeah, okay. Until we really got to know one another and know more about Adevinta's background, I really didn't understand the scale. So it's enormous scale. And I, I want to take a moment to think about some of that scale a little bit further down the line and think about some of the complexities and technical complexities around that scale, especially different businesses, different customer bases across different regions. So we will hold that thought. But I'd like you to start with investing in the journey of platform engineering like where this came from, what's that journey been like, what have you learned? Because everyone's different. And we've had a number of companies now on the podcast who invested two years ago, who invested four years ago, and they've learned really different things. So talk to us about Adavinta's journey and your journey. Yeah. Um, and what you just said is different cultures, different um, yeah. user bases. It has a lot to do with what I will tell now, right? So uh, it started more than nine years ago. Back then, Adevinta was not even um, a fully-fledged company. Uh, we were part of a group called Shifted, a Norwegian group. And we had uh, a CTO. He was a former Google um, engineer. And most of the initiatives were based on what worked at Google and other big tech companies at, at that scale, right? Um, the thing, the problem with this approach was that it was a bit disconnected from how the product teams were working back then. Uh, every local marketplace was doing things differently uh, with very, very different tech stacks. Most marketplaces were still operating on-premise back then. Most of them had super big monoliths. Testing was not a primary concern uh, back then. And, and this connection came because most of the tooling and that was created, was meant for microservices, doing continuous deployment, et cetera. And this is the first big learning, I think, uh, in this conversation, right? So um, this dichotomy of, okay, we have a set of things that brings value to our users and brings value to the company, but with what we are building doesn't fit this, right? So also the teams providing this infrastructure, they didn't talk much to the product teams. There was no user centricity back then. This created a lot of friction, right? So these guys provide things that we cannot use, right? Because we are not doing microservices or we are super far away uh, from them. Um, and on top of that, the, the second big learning, I think that we were not providing a cohesive experience. There were five, six tools, continuous integration, continuous deployment, uh, the runtime. Back then it was Mesos, it was not Kubernetes. Uh, but then if you wanted to use it more or less uh, cohesively, we need to uh, ask to five different teams, give me access to these. The permission scheme was completely different across teams, across products. And all of this created even more friction, right? Even for teams that they were super keen to invest their time and to uh, step up their, their, their infrastructure game, they, they faced this, that this friction over and over again. So uh, it started a lot, a long time ago. And I would say that although the products, they, they were good and some of them, they still exist as of today, right? the, the journey 
of uh, making the adoption grow uh, was not uh, smooth at all, let, let me say. What, what do you think in your last few years is the biggest thing that you've learned? Because that journey nine years ago with someone with a vision, obviously acquisitions of businesses have taken place and you've probably added to that as well. But your three years help us understand those and the impact that that's had on you, your teams and your learning. Yeah, I think that um, the the biggest learning ahead is that uh, internal developer platform uh, they should be built as a product, right? Okay. And um, that this is something that today it's uh, more obvious for for everyone, but back back few years ago this was not even a thing, right? Now that with team topologies, uh, book this became more uh, more clear for everyone, but with a competitive landscape. With the change of on-premise to the cloud, teams were changing from uh, uh, operating their services in virtual machines to containers, and and also with uh, with uh, studies on engineering productivity, like uh, the study that Nicole Fosgren and her team conducted and accelerate and correlated certain business um, success with a set of DevOps practices, and that. The impact the the engineering team's performance. This was key, right? So uh, Nicole and her team they they found that there are four key metrics: uh, the lead time from commit to deployment, the deployment frequency, the change uh, failure rate, and the time to restore after failure. Yeah. And the, the study finds that deploying multiple times a day on demand and um, this makes teams to be a lead performance when it comes to uh, software engineer. And the, the other two metrics are more for quality control, right? It's not just about shipping things, uh, yeah. but shipping things with certain quality. Um, and therefore, the, the, this learning makes uh, two aspects uh, very clear, right? So first, product engineers, they yeah. must have at their disposal a shared and rich platform that enables them these practices and yeah. that makes their lives more productive. And the second thing is that you must evolve the platform transparently under them. Why? Because if you have a big infrastructure or um, platform organization, and if every team requires one migration per year to your product teams, this quickly adds up, right? And 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 you say, no, it's just one migration, but then your sibling team requires another, and suddenly the full year of, of product roadmap is migration, right? And this is exactly what CTOs, what head of engineers, they don't want to. And even even the engineers themselves, right? So if you ask someone, <laughs> why do you like why do you like to work at Alevint? And no one says, because I want to migrate from Kubernetes 120 to 122, right? Because this doesn't bring any value. But even for people, this is not funny, right? They, they, they want to ship stuff that they, they see their 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 mother, their sister, their their, their aunt and using, right? And this this is what um, they, they like to, and this is what we should enable with this kind of platform. So building a platform as a product and avoiding uh, disruption uh, on the product is my biggest learning this year. Yeah, okay. And would you describe that as the economies of scale? Because it feels as if the ramifications can continue and continue and impact other teams if you don't get some of that core stuff right. Definitely, right? So uh, one one thing that for me is obvious is that uh, if 
you can invest uh, even at a, a team level, very locally, and on sharpening your tools and make your uh, productivity go up. Uh, the thing is that if every team does that, they are spending precious engineering time uh, in something that most likely uh, they could spend in uh, improving the product, right? And it also creates sprawl. So every team, they will find slightly different and, and super valid options to do the same thing. But uh, at the end of the day, we are not in the business of, of building um, cloud products, uh, let's say, right? We are not AWS, we are not uh, Datadog, for instance. Therefore, uh, we, we should um, benefit the, the scale of Adevinto. We have more than uh, 20 hundred engineers in the company right? and make sure that we solve problems once, we solve them globally for everyone. Um, and, and that creates the, the effects of economies of scale. Wow. You, you did talk about your billions of requests daily or monthly, I think it was, right at the start of the conversation. And I said, let's hold that thought. Let's, let's come back to that technical complexity. What does that technical complexity mean that what your teams are solving on a day-to-day -day or week-by-week -week basis? Because that's a lot of scale and that is going to continue and, like you say, double into next year. So help us understand what that actually looks like. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the, the scale is big, right? And uh, the responsibility is also super big with this scale. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that the, um, what uh, our team allows the company, is, 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 it, it varies a lot, right? But to, to give you a super small example, um, right now, everyone is trying to put in production machine learning model, models or uh, AI models that help um, yeah. make the business more efficient and reading license plates or uh, doing stuff that makes the lives of the user uh, easier to do. And to do that, usually you need um, GPU capacity. Uh, and, and this is something that when we enabled it, it was available for the 200 teams at Adevinta at one, right? So we enable it and everyone can use GPUs right now. And do the same for uh, ARM processors, right? ARM processors, they, we know that they are more power efficient and it yep. is good in terms of sustainability, which is one of the core values of Adevinta, but it's also good in terms of um, spending less in the cloud, right? So the moment we, we do this, we do this for, for everyone. Uh, and at this scale, at the scale of one of four billion requests per day, this um, this quickly uh, adds up, right? So uh, our team, our um, the job of our team, I usually classify it as that when someone is looking for a job, when someone is looking for a flat at eight p.m., our job is for them to not see an HTTP five hundred, uh, we don't have capacity to scale. Right? So for this would be for me to be the, uh, a big fail of our team if we if we do this to our users, uh, I expect we do not. Um, so I, I think this is uh, the responsibility on one side, and then on the other side, what we enable uh, with new features that are available from yep. day one to everyone, so they can be more and more productive. I think this is super important. Nice. Okay, we haven't actually spoken about this just yet, but out of Inter's common platform which is your platform for microservices inside of eBay, 
Zhao, I'd love you to be able to talk to the audience a little bit about the shortcomings of that. So would you be able to explain what the common platform actually means to eBay and some of the shortcomings of that to help the audience understand probably what not to do, but understand actually how to scale the right services? Yeah, uh, I think we need to, to rewind a bit, right? Yeah. The common platform. Um, based on the experience I told before, super non-cohesive products, uh, and based on treating our platform as a product, the common platform was born, right? And the common platform is a platform as a service, um, internal, it's like an internal Heroku for the ones that are listening to us. And it provides a cohesive ecosystem where other vintage engineers, they can seamlessly build, deploy, and operate stateless applications, so microservices. And it comprises third-party uh, software as a service, off-the-shelf open source software, and also some custom integrations and glue that are optimized for, for Alevint. And contrary to nine years ago, uh, the idea of the common platform is that you onboard one and we carry you, right? So it's very, very different mindset. Um, and for the ones also that they don't know, in, in 2021, Alevinta um, merged with eBay Classifieds Group, the, the part of the eBay uh, Inc. that were more in the second-hand classified business. And there were some shortcomings of the common platform, right? So the common platform was not so common, let's say. Um, and why it was not so common? Because, because the, this internal Heroku so super cohesive end-to-end -end experience, it's super good if you are onboarding. But if, for instance, you are migrating from on-premise or from private cloud to the public cloud, which was the case from the incoming eBay classified marketplaces, uh, this creates a lot of friction, uh, right? And, and, and this friction is, um, is not good because you have a tight deadline when you are, you are migrating from one side to the other. The contracts for renting data centers, they are in the, in the millions of euro um, number. Therefore, onboarding this end-to-end -end platform is just too risky with this tight deadline. And also it impacted the developer experience, right? Because um, every different teams in, 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 in uh, eBay classifies, they had built the developer experience tailored to their, to their developers and changing all of this at once, it, it felt too much and the business had to run still, right? So we realized that our golden path was not really serving 80% of the use cases like we had thought before. And so, and some people, they needed to deploy machine learning models. Some people, they needed workloads that needed uh, ephemeral storage, and we were not providing this kind of thing um, to our users. Therefore, uh, we changed a bit our strategy in, in that regard, and we still have this uh, golden path for microservices, but we, we made sure that our products could be consumed separately. Right? In a different fashion than nine years ago. So we, we've came full circle from completely independent services to an end-to-end -end platform to um, an hybrid that people can consume separately. And this has architectural consequences. For instance, um, whenever we decided to do this internal platform, we, we tied some of the components too much. And for instance, to have permissions in, in our Kubernetes clusters, you needed to have access to a certain UI. And this, this is not exactly what you expect when you are migrating um, 
from uh, from the from the private cloud, and we had to rethink a bit our approach, right? So um, make these products uh, self-serve at at the more granular level, but still cohesive with the rest of the ecosystem. This this was a, a big challenge, and in some cases, uh, our our runtime products, so our Kubernetes cluster products, all ship. Uh, we have thought about cheaper. To, to run stateless microservices. And if you wanted to talk to a database, to a Redis cache, to, an, to a queue, you would just deploy that in your own AWS account and you could communicate with, with, with your clusters. But that was it, right? So we never thought about having databases running on top of our product. Um, this was actually something that people said, oh my God, I will quit if this happens. Uh, <laughs> but we, but the, the reality was, the reality was that we had databases running uh, on on Kubernetes in the private cloud, and that we had to move them. And the reality also was that some in some of these cases, the products provided by by the public cloud provider was not they were not good enough, right? So we need to enable these folks to migrate transparently to the public cloud, and we need to pivot our product. Right? It was not just the common platform runtime anymore; it was the runtime for the whole company, and therefore it had. Um, its own entity, and it needed to um, operate a wider range, uh, wider range of use cases. Right. So this was a super big learning with this uh, eBay classifieds um, merge, and and yeah. So this um, this was tough. Yeah, it sounds tough, and uh, I think the title of the the pod is around accelerating large engineering teams with internal platforms. But like you say, in that nine year period, you've kind of gone full circle here and you had an idea, you changed that idea, then you went to almost that single idea again. If you were then to replicate this in another business, let's say internal platforms, what would you do differently and why? Oh, this is a great question. <laughs> um, first, first of all, I think I would start um, from the um, from the product from the the ground up, right? So, it doesn't matter if we have monolith microservices or serverless. We should respond to what the business needs, and we should change with the business as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this would be my first principle, um, and then. Um, like like I said, right? So having uh, contained products that you can onboard in a self-service manner, but they, they, they still they still can communicate through APIs and they can integrate easily with other products um, like Lego. Uh, I would heavily invest in this mindset. Is it also the mindset uh, of AWS? Their their CTO in the reinvent two years ago, uh, Werner Vogel, he, he talked about how starting with the the these Lego Lego pieces small that you can compose. These these are super important for the growth of and adoption of AWS um, because you can always construct more complex use cases with these small pieces. But the other way around is is much more difficult. Yeah. And um, the the third principle that I will apply is the minimizing migration. Right. So we 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 also talked about this. Uh, if you change your login provider. From one solution to another, it should not be a two years project consuming yeah. engineering resources here and there. It should be 
uh, one team should take this toil, take this uh, this job, and and do it for for everyone uh, at least the most we can. There are always some rough edges that maybe you are not optimizing for for this, but you should definitely make sure that uh, yeah. minimizing migration effort. So I would. With these learnings, I would apply these three principles, I think, to any new uh, internal platform. I love those three principles. And while you were speaking, my, my brain was turning at the same time as in, we've gone on this journey and we've evolved with technology and you're talking about deploying machine learning models and we're talking about AI and technology's advanced as well, which... I think if you apply that second principle a little bit like AWS do is compose small with the Lego pieces, then you can add your complexity with different use cases. That probably makes sense to avoid being lost in this technology playground where you can just add so much technology to a runtime team, as an example and really start to over-engineer things, which takes up quite a lot of people capacity. I think technology is one that, I wouldn't say it's often overlooked, but it can add a lot of complexity to things. Yeah, so thinking well about what you want to accomplish, and then in the architecture side, how we want to to make this work yeah. is super, super important. I, I agree with you, Elliot, and I think it's a, a great reflection. Yeah, thank you. If I do say my so myself, thank you. It'd be really useful to understand how Adavinta is going to transform. You know, we've spoken about the common platform and we've spoken now about how you expect to double some of that scale. Be really good to get an understanding of how you're actually going to go and scale the common platform or just scale generally and transform. Yeah, so um, the common platform, it comes from um, a concept, the golden path, right? So yeah. a, a single way to resolve, to solve one problem. This is the same concept that companies like Spotify or Adobe uh, have operated with. Um, and right now, I think the, the, the way Adavint is transforming, which is that we had a set of very local marketplaces operating their own technology for their own countries, and we are changing that to global technology that's still deployed locally with the brands that people love, that we talked about these brands. Uh, but, but we are taking advantage of the full engineering team to uh, do it once and do it well. And I think it's still important to adopt this golden path mindset, right? So one problem, one way to solve it, is it a machine learning model that you want to deploy? Is it a microservice? Is it a database? Is it whatever? We should have a golden path for every of these problems. And I think the approach in this transformation moment should be that uh, we grow adoption in every single piece uh, of the stack, right? We don't force people to go into an, in any case, but we grow adoption to the maximum in, in, in every single piece. And then we, whenever we have 90, 100% adoption, which I think is uh, super realistic in the next two years, uh, then we can start doing cool stuff again, right? Then we can start gluing things again and we will not have any problem uh, regarding adoption. Oh, because I don't use this, I use that. No, everyone is using this, right? And everyone, and I think this uh, mindset of first growing in terms of adoption and then uh, leveraging, again, this this scale to 
cooperate economies of scale. This will be super key um, in the in the future. And another thing we, we realize with this transformation is that, um, for instance, in my team, we cannot be the Kubernetes team, right? Why? <laughs> because uh, Kubernetes is such a fundamental piece. Is for me, it's the uh, the cloud operating system is like the GNU Linux of the cloud, and therefore, what we were doing before of putting a lot of pieces on top of these uh, Kubernetes clusters, we need to have a way to verticalize these use cases, right? So you want to run secrets in your cluster, there's a team that takes care of secrets. You want to run an, an ingress to take the traffic from the internet, there's a team that runs ingress, right? So we want to verticalize this and we want to make sure that people that can leverage this, this fundamental piece of technology and they can run operators on top, custom resource definitions, and we maximize the value we provide to the company, right? Because with such an, a fundamental technology in the market, it would be foolish of us if we think that one team can make the best product, or the best Kubernetes product out there, and it's yeah. not it's not even our job. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, I did say I've spoken to a lot of companies. Yourselves, you're doing some awesome stuff. Monzo, they're a great example. Trainline. And here we talk about Adobe, we talk about Spotify, Google CTO. You know, introduced this to Shibstead nine years ago. Why aren't companies investing in building internal platforms or thinking about platform engineering? Hmm. Very, very interesting. It's again, um, if you have 10 engineers in a team and they are only devoted to product development, um, Eventually, um, you you will not have anyone talking about productivity, right? So if you take one, two engineers from these ten, uh, you can make sure that the, these two, three people that you allocate to this um, productivity work, they make sure that the the rest of their peers, there's the seven engineers there, they are much more productive, right? And that's and I think this is the main concept behind it all, that um, th there's a way. Uh, that with less people doing product, the, the product you ship is much better or uh, much faster. Right? And I think this is why companies like uh, Adobe or Twitter, um, the, the, the former Twitter CTO, he came up with this concept in, in, a, in a blog post. Um, and to give you a, a, a small example, right? So uh, a couple of years ago in, in Adevinca, we had to migrate logging providers from one to another. And we, we leverage this opportunity to say, okay, let's see with the golden path, with, the, with this internal common platform, how much people spend on this migration versus people that they are in the company, but they are directly deploying on top of the public cloud. And the, the results were telling, right? So um, we, we, we found out that people that were in the common platform, they spent like 1.3 uh, person hours per application versus 20 without the platform, right? So it was 15 times cheaper to change uh, logging providers. And if you think about this uh, as a CTO, but also as a CFO, this gives you a lot of leverage, right? Because if you are negotiating a contract for a logging provider, it matters less if um, you change providers because the one is 30% cheaper than the other, because you know that you, you have a lever to pull to make sure that this option is super easy and you can do it in one month in the company rather than a, a three years project. So that's why I think companies like Adobe, 
Twitter and, and so on. We are investing in that. Very smart. I like that. Uh, and I think it's understanding that analogy of going slow to go fast as well. And you talk about the redirection maybe of uh, your team and maybe the people investment. If you can get a couple of people focusing on the platform to speed people up in product development, essentially the business will go faster. But even over time, if you're focusing on the right things on the platform, you'll go faster continually if you do things the right way. Definitely. And, and, and this, is, this is, I think, why people um, they, they, they invest in this kind of platform. For some companies that they are more engineering oriented, let's say, or they have bigger scale that they need to be. Uh, this was obvious since 15, 20 years ago, right? Google was super ahead of everyone else 20 years ago. Now, I think they are not so much. Um, and yeah, this is completely, uh, completely right now. Yeah. We always do a shout out for companies, by the way, on hiring. Adam Inter, large, large group, multi-businesses underneath them. But obviously, this is an opportunity for you to talk about some of the highs maybe needed for your team, some of the highs maybe for the business. And I do want to give a shout out as well for us, you know, running the podcast, because I've had so much feedback recently from people reaching out to me who've been on the podcast and said, Elliot, I didn't realize I'd get this much traction of people coming to us say, I've watched the podcast. So a perfect opportunity for you to maybe talk about some of your growth plans or the business's growth plans and the talent that you're looking for in your teams. Yeah, um, you, you caught me off guard here. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll try to answer anyway. <laughs> Don't worry. Okay. Uh, so uh, mostly what we try to do right now with, the, with this um, new way of working, and we are transforming a lot, right? We are trying to um, get the best out of the people we already have in the company. We have super smart people. Yeah. And some of them, were, they were deployed in different spaces that the impact was always limited by their local uh, marketplace where they were uh, working, but now we are making sure that people can they can have any uh, global yeah. impact. Right. So the first focus is this one, and yeah. but there are some areas of the business that they they are still hiring, and and for instance in the in the data side of things, I know that they are uh, hiring a senior engineering manager. So this could be a, an excellent opportunity for someone with experience with uh, internal platforms, but in the data realm instead of the your infrastructure on to, to shine. Sorry, Xiao. Uh, career site will be below. Obviously, put you on the spot there. Um, but career site will be below for people to have a look at, check out out of Inter, see what's right for them. I'd probably say if you're a, a smart generalist engineer, go and check these guys and girls out. And I think you're absolutely right as well. I recently ran around table where a lot of companies right now are focusing on doing more with the people that they have, helping engineers attach to the idea or the end product. And like I say, helping them do more is is key, is really key right now. It, it's been a great 35 minutes listening about Adavinta, some of the sheer scale. The acceleration in the business is pretty awesome to see and even in your last three years 
it's impressive to see what next year is going to look like. So a massive thanks, Xiao, for coming to talk to us. Thanks for sharing your three principles. And it's a really good indication to see what you'd go and do next as well. Now you've got a clear idea of being really involved in this project. So thank you. Thank you, Elliot, uh, for, for the time. I, so I enjoyed a lot being here and talking a bit about the good parts and also the learnings we had in, in, in Adventure. For me, it's even more important than the good part. And, and uh, I hope that more people are excited. Uh, you can also visit our tech blog. We, we published recently very good articles in the data realm, in the infrastructure realm. And I think these are also pretty good. Thank you a lot, Elliot. Absolute pleasure. And, and those links will be below. And for everyone listening, likes, shares, appreciations, distribute some of the blogs, distribute some of the career sites. It's important to share really good stories in the community. And thanks from everyone from Engineers. Bye for now. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching this episode. Uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge sharing and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.